Good day to you, brothers, sisters, friends, and new faces, and welcome to Current Events and Christian Expectations. And today in this podcast, we're going to be discussing artificial intelligence. We'll be leading off with the book of Revelation, chapter 13, with several verses, and we'll have many other verses that we'll reference and read today, and we'll put those in the overview. But with AI right in front of us, let's just dig right in. Well, good evening, everybody. AI, artificial intelligence, is in the news constantly uh, in so many ways, and, but we're just focusing pretty narrow on one aspect of it, and that how it relates to us in the scriptures. Christian expectations, what should be the final Christian expectation concerning AI? And remember, in this broadcast, AI means artificial intelligence. You may not say that every time. Is it this? Listen to Revelation 13, verses 1, 5, 7, 11, and 15. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea, with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on them. And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months. Also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak, and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Yes, gives life, breath, to the beast to speak. That is the particular model or idol of the beast, whatever we want to call it. And from that, worship follows. AI, where are we headed? To get there, to see where we're headed, we will end up back with Revelation 13. Uh, Let's first look at the contemporary state of the art of AI and then see what scriptures have to say, what light they shine on the subject. Uh, The phrase AI has been around since the middle of the 20th century. We're going to talk here just briefly about a guy named Alan Turing. And if you're interested, there is a a good movie, Imitation Game, Mm. uh, made in 2014 about him and his uh, work in World War II with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, starring as Alan Turing. This is from IBM's website. Alan Turing's seminal work, Computing Machinery and Intelligence, was published in 1950. In this paper, Turing, often referred to as the father of computer science, asked the following questions. Can machines think? From there, he offers a test, now famously known as the Turing test, where a human interrogator would try to distinguish between a computer and a human text response. Isn't that interesting? And here we are 73 years later, and we're still having that to deal with. Yes, we have to deal with bots every time we try to pay a bill somewhere. Exactly. Here is a simple description of AI from Microsoft Bing. Quote, artificial intelligence, the ability of a digital computer or computer-controlled robot to perform tasks commonly associated with intelligent beings. The AI chat GPT version can converse, generate readable text on demand, and produce novel images and video based on what they've learned from a vast database of digital books, online writings, and other media." End of quote. Uh, By the way, GPT means Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. 
In other words, it's programmed to do what it does. Mm -hmm. Also, by way of uh, disclosure, we use Microsoft's AI in writing scripts for this podcast. Um, but, you know, it, it's moving toward that inclusive <laughs> area. Every time I write the word mankind, it tells me, no, 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 you should use the word humanity, <laughs> not mankind. And it, there's also a creative problem. Uh, when I write, as I have before in a, in a book about Lazarus was not just dead, he was dead dead. Immediately the AI of Microsoft tells me, though, that's redundant. you got to get rid of one of those words. But it was being creative, meaning he was deader than all the other people Christ resurrected. He was mm -hmm. really dead. He was dead dead. The editor said it was a fine choice of words. So better human response there <laughs> than Microsoft's. <laughs> Here's a quote from Tristan Bove from Fortune. 3rd of May of this year, quote, while artificial intelligence like chat GPT promises to revolutionize every aspect of the economy, the true holy gale for AI researchers is artificial general intelligence, or AGI. This has been elusive in the quote. That is to say, to be more human and less robotical. Mm. Here's from the internet news Source Revolver from June 13th of this year, a uh, fellow named Brandon Jackson, who has a smart house. Maybe some of you out there have a smart house. This is by way of Amazon. He experienced a shutdown on May 25th of this year. Couldn't get into his house for uh, several days. He lost access to it. Why? Well, uh, Amazon said there was a racist response from his door, <laughs> his uh, door recording. And by the time he got through as I have tried more than once to get through to Amazon beyond their, their robots and get to a real person uh, and could record and show them the, what the recording was that he had, which they knew. And uh, all it said was, uh, may I help you? And the video showed the guy walking away with his headsets on his ears, walking away from the door. Yet somehow that was, <laughs> they got a racist response out of that. And then for, uh, yeah, six days, he couldn't get into his house. That it's certainly a problem for uh, AI, but once again, you see the problem with AI is the prejudices that enter into um, this whole matter. So AI can be as basic as Alexa or Siri or as complicated as OpenAI's chat GPT is striving to be. What says the scriptures? If we view AI as a tool and the computer is just that to aid humanity, then scripture is certainly not against that a tool. Simple definition, an object which can manipulate one's immediate or wider environment. For example, as Archimedes said thousands of years ago, give me a place to stand and a lever long enough and I can move the world. Uh, it can be a plow, a saw, a sword, or a tool that stores information. Uh, for years when we would watch uh, some documentaries on television or certainly watch some of the British shows with their cultural sayings, uh, I had next to my chair, I don't know, 25-pound Webster's Dictionary Encyclopedia. And I would pick it up, and when they would say in a British TV show, that guy's a punter. I said, what does the word punter mean? I'm sure they're not talking about soccer. And so I had to pull it up and, you know, and go through that. Of course, it's very easy now. I just say, hey, what's a punter <laughs> in British culture? Um, well, and we might ask the question, when should you stop using AI? You know, if they're trying to get you to use inclusive words now, uh, where's the line to be drawn? And simply follow Romans 12 too, and we'll have that, Randy will be reading that in a little while later. 
In the beginning, man had no tools. Listen to Genesis 1, 27, 28, and chapter 2, verses 15. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping things that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. No mention of tools. So whatever tool Adam needed, and of course to have dominion over the earth, we all know sooner or later you got to have tools. Um, whatever it was was probably simple and temporary for the task at hand. Tools as we understand them show up later after the fall, invented by a descendant of Cain, wait for it, Cain, and this name of Cain's descendant is Tubal Cain. Listen to Genesis 4.22. Silhah also bore Tubal Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal Cain was Nema. Yes. And why she was famous, commentators have yet to find out why she was mentioned. <laughs> but Tubal Cain clearly came up with metal tools. A blacksmith. The name Cain still means, you know, blacksmith and smith in our language is, mm -hmm. you know, as Cain. Um, and so these are hard uh, tools that can clearly manipulate immediate environments depending on what you're trying to solve. And keep in mind, these are the world's tools. Tools were invented by the line of Cain, which is considered worldly. Uh, the line of the faith and the covenant God, eventually of Abraham and Israel, comes Adam through Seth. So keep that in mind. These tools are in the problem-solving area you know, to make the environment yield. Uh, maybe you have to take down a tree when you're doing dominion of the earth to plow the ground and to be used as uh, something like building a house or a garden. But this is man intelligently at work. What about those times when man's intelligence wasn't sufficient? Some problem solving is beyond us or would take too long to solve. This is what AI hopes to carry out. With that in mind, let's look at Exodus 28, 15, and 30. You shall make a breastpiece of judgment and skilled work. In the style of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet yarns. And fine twined linen shall you make it. And in the breastpiece of judgment, you shall put the Urim and the Thunim, and they shall be on Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. Thus Aaron shall bear the judgment of the people of Israel on his heart before the Lord regularly. Yes, the Urim and the Thummim. And although we do not know exactly what that was, we're pretty sure it was something like dice. Mm -hmm. uh, probably since the uh, breastplate had all these jewels on it, a couple of jewels that uh, of various colors, so when you rolled them, one side would come up on one of them and a different side on the other. And depending on how that turned out, the answer would be yes or no. Like if it were dice, both black and white, if you got two whites, that'd be yes. Two blacks might be a no. And then mm -hmm. uh, white and a black would be no answer. So um, this is the tool. We got the user. User here is whoever wants to call the priest and needs, needs an answer. As we're going to see in a minute here, um, we have um, Saul trying something. 
uh, user, and then there's the tool of the mechanism, which is the Urim and Thummim, and then uh, the resulting intelligence, the answer. So let's take a look at um, 1 Samuel 23, 6-12. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Keilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah, and Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him, and he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. So the priest who keeps the Urim and the Thummim so they can take him out and roll him as it were to find out what the answer is. David gets the kind of answer he can get nowhere else. Uh, and of course, in one sense, it is artificial. It's a couple of things that he's rolling. He's mm -hmm. manipulating as we would a computer. Uh, he's the user. And then the uh, in resulting intelligence, of course, comes from God. So he solves a problem. He needs military intelligence. Um, you can imagine if he had Siri, you know, what would he say? Siri, is Saul coming this way? And what kind of answer might that mm -hmm. produce? Um, in one case, uh, we would we got God's intelligence behind this early form of AI. And another, um, as we will see, we get man's like we have today, and a few others we'll talk about. And this points out our first basic problem, the source of intelligence. What's the problem? Man's intelligence, apart from God, soon becomes flawed. That's the problem. Uh, David had 100% absolute confidence in every answer he got. Um, that's not so with AI. But what about regular folk? Regular folk could cast lots to get an answer. Their form of the popular form of AI, and they were used to decide uh, answers to life's questions that um, they couldn't get it anywhere else. So how did that work? Here's a couple. Proverbs 16.33, and then Proverbs 18.18. 18. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. The lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. Okay, whether we're talking about getting the short stick or the roll of dice, however it was, it was understood God's mm -hmm. behind it. You know, And again, you would be asking basic questions of which you needed a simple yes or no, or should I go up or go down, or should I wait today or night, or, you know, those kind of questions, mm -hmm. and uh, like flipping a coin. And the decision was made. The assumed intelligence behind this tool is the Lord. It was the common man's tool to get an answer quickly and with certainty. The last time for such a use of this AI was in the choice of Matthias to replace Judas. Listen to Acts 1, 23-26. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen, to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. 
Again, it is assumed that God, the intelligent one, has solved the problem through the use of a tool. However, after the resurrection of Christ, this method of gaining intelligence through a tool, having a user and accessing the intelligence after using the tool, behind the tool, which is God, is never used again. Now, we still have those among us who still like arbitrary signs. I'm, I need an answer, God. Close your eyes, open the Bible, run your finger down, open your eyes. What verse did you stop on try to figure it out? Go thee and do likewise. Yeah, go thee and do likewise. And Judas went and hung himself and yeah, go and do likewise. Um, so uh, we don't recommend that. No. Uh, what we find here now, as I mentioned earlier, is Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Yes, this involves it directly with God's providence. We're not to be conformed to the world the way they do things. Keep that in mind, lest we get too enamored of AI. But be transformed in our mind, something AI can't do. Be renewed and then testing, little trial and error. That's how it's worked. And you say, well, how, does, how do I do that? By trial and error. Mm -hmm. There's no formula here. You engage God, you seek God, and you talk to people, and you stay open, and you will be getting an answer if I've told people before. You'll know it when it comes. The use of the intermediate tool is gone, and we access God directly to get our problems solved. That is, i.e., to know the will of God. In the New Testament, the more we know the mind of Christ, the more we advance in problem solving. That's true. Listen to Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yes, and that bespeaks, of course, of the major Christian virtue of humility, the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And keep in mind, we talk about God's intelligence, ultimately, as we will hit upon this, it's wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Of course, God in this age still communicates at times through visions and dreams. You know, Acts 2, Peter says this is fulfilling... Joel's prophecy with the coming of the Holy Spirit, and in this time of the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, young men will uh, have visions, old men will dream dreams, the Spirit will come upon both um, men and women. And so, here's the thing, these communiques, this kind of getting intelligence from God, a dream, a vision, need interpretations or responsive obedience or trust. Now, this is important, so follow this. For example, in Acts 10, uh, Peter gets a vision when he's up on a roof and hungry and falls asleep of a big sheet come down and a lot of unclean animals in it. And the voice from heaven says, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, I can't do that. I'm Jewish. I'm kosher. Not going to happen. And it happens three times. And Peter knows it's a vision from God, but he's befuddled. But he goes finally to the house of Cornelius. You can read all this in Acts 10 and realizes this is what the dream is about. The Gentiles, mm -hmm. they get to come in uh, by grace, uh, the salvation of Jesus, just like we do. There's no di God makes no difference. Uh, in chapter 16, they try, uh, Paul and his uh, missionary entourage try twice to move in a certain direction uh, in uh, the Roman Empire, and they're stopped twice by the province of God. And then 
Paul has a dream, a vision about a Macedonian man who says, come over and help us. And they discuss that vision once he shares it, and they decide to go. In other words, it needed interpretation. Uh, in Acts 22, Paul says he's in the temple in uh, Jerusalem and in a trance and uh, has a vision of Jesus. And Jesus says, you've got to go now and preach to the Gentiles. And he says, well, I want to stay around. And I, I know I could be a good witness because I was there when I, I said, stone Stephen, kill him. It's a good idea. I know I can be a good witness now that I'm a Christian. And Jesus said, go to the Gentiles. And a short, short end of that. So that called for obedience. And then in Acts 23, uh, he gets a vision of Jesus at night who stands by him and says to Paul, have courage. You've testified of me in Jerusalem and you're going to do it in Rome as well. So yes, there are dreams and visions, but they call for a response. And by the way, all of these are initiated by God. All of these I've mentioned here. Um, there was no seeking of intelligence. There was no rolling of the dice, your thumb or anything like that. Now, we do take the initiative to seek intelligence. That is God's wisdom. Listen to this from James 1, 2 through 8. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without a reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Access intelligence. Seek God for wisdom, whatever situation you're in. I've done it many times. And it will come to you, and then you act upon it. Mm. And when it comes to you, if you ignore it, if you say that's not the answer I wanted, or whatever, you're a double-minded, mm. and you're not going to get your answer at all. And this is, this is huge. So listen to this. James, talking about how we access God's wisdom, says God holds us accountable. There is accountability. AI lacks accountability. It doesn't check to see if the user can handle the intelligence he's gotten. Yeah. Or if he should even have that intelligence that he's gotten. So, the Urim and Thummim and Lots, they have survived to this day, nonetheless, in the occult. The dark side way to solve problems. Think of the Ouija board and the planchette, the tool that moves around the board to access the answers as you ask. And very simple at the top, yes, no, and then some numbers and letters in the middle. Think of the Torah cards, that tool. Uh, even here, current AI rears its ugly head. This is from the website Futurism uh, from May, 3rd, May 18th of this year, a uh, writer by the name of Maggie Harrison. And the headline is, AI company says it will perform a seance on your dead loved ones. And who does that? Well, a guy named Jaron Rocks, that's R-O-C-K-S, uh, who runs and uh, probably uh, owns AE Studios. And what he does is he gets all kind of digital input from text, from videos, uh, online, whatever, and manages to get into uh, an application. How's that work? Well, here's another example. This is from the same uh, online magazine, Futurism, uh, from uh, last year, August 19th of last year, by Victor Tangerman. And he's referring to a company called Storyfile. And Storyfile has AI for holographic real-time conversations with the deceased at the funeral. 
This is because uh, Stephen King, who lives in the UK, mother passed away, and he inquired and had this set up uh, by story file so he could have a conversation with his dead mom. How creepy is that? Yeah. Uh, at the funeral. Here's the quote from the uh, story. Quote, story file used 20 cameras to film the woman. Now, let me qualify. She's alive at this point, <laughs> okay? 20 cameras to film the woman answering around 250 questions prior to her death. This data was then fed into a software tool. There's the word tool. Was able to virtually recreate her after she passed. End of quote. So you can have conversations in real time with, uh, Stephen could anyway, with his dead mom, uh, whose name was Marina Smith. Okay. The writer of this article at the end does say this. This is interesting. Quote, the biggest question, Why? Was Stephen Smith looking for closure when virtually recreating his mother at her funeral? What does this technology do that simple audio or video recordings can't? End of quote. And that is because the dark side has a drawing power. That is why. Scriptures, of course, condemn seeking contact with the dead. I mentioned Saul earlier and his looking for a Urim and Thummim. Uh, here we have a passage from 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 5 through 8. When Saul saw that the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams, or by the Urim, or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman, who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit and bring up whomever I shall name to you. Right. And of course, who he wants is, uh, is uh, Samuel. But you notice he is tried by getting a hold of whoever is a legitimate prophet. And the prophets, of course, are the ones who got the word from God and passed it on to the people. Uh, there was no word for him there. And he was having no dream. And then he looked uh, for the use of the priest in the Urim, uh, which, you know, includes obviously the Thummim, both of them, but nothing. Uh, so this kind of AI is not ordained of God because he's looking for a medium, the dark side, the occult. Um, this is true, would be true today of the channelers, as they're called now. It's very deceptive uh, since it's never the dead who speak. Although in this instance, we're going to see an exception. But first, listen to these verses from Leviticus 26 and 27, written thousands of years ago, but it applies to AI when they get into this area of the occult. If a person turns to mediums and necromancers whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. A man or woman who is a medium or a necromancer shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Yes. Now, what about Saul? Did he get to see Samuel because God, this is the occult and God is banded? No, God apparently allowed this to happen to rebuke Saul for a final time. And we know it was Samuel because, first of all, it freaked out the medium. If you read that passage in uh, 1 Samuel 28, you'll see that. But the other thing is this, verses 14, 15, 16. Whoever wrote 1 Samuel 28, maybe Ezra, uh, makes the point in verse 14. He says, and when Saul could see that it was Samuel, okay, that's a statement of fact. Mm -hmm. And then twice, verse 15 and 16, the writer of 1 Samuel 28 says, And Samuel said to Saul, boom, and Samuel said to Saul. 
pretty clear to understand. Yeah. Although I, I know commentators who say, what well, was a demon? Nothing said about a demon. It's straightforward. Yeah. It's the narrative just like all of 1 Samuel. So, and in 1 Chronicles 10, just to make the point, we're told, and God killed Saul because he resorted to a medium. What is the problem with this holographic AI that Stephen Smith has, like for his mom and other things, the direction in which it's going? It's a distortion of reality, which is what the occult does. Escape from reality as God has ordained it. God didn't answer Saul because he wasn't in the will of God. Instead of obedience, he sought the occult. So what does that mean? Escaping God's reality always leaves us vulnerable to the only reality left, hmm. the dark side. Remember Ephesians 6, verse 10. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and heavenly places. That is, in the invisible realm. Mm -hmm. And more and more people are using AI to escape, whether it's uh, an event for this world or the world of the dead. The use of AI to solve scientific, technical, engineering, or medical problems, the uh, traditional STEM, is no doubt a wonder. Absolutely. However, our concern at uh, Christian expectations is the way that some want to use AI, especially in social manipulation. Think of TikTok and addiction. Uh, you know, it's a very simple thing. And I get these on my computer because you go looking for something, a piece of furniture, and pretty soon, five minutes later, I said, if you like this, yeah. you'll like this. <clears throat> and it's getting very sophisticated where on TikTok, especially with young people, they know the kinds of either videos, phrases, pictures, you name it, that they like and they feed them that. Now, that's how addictions get started. So, speaking of TikTok, here's a quote from the Christian Post from uh, May 24th of this year. It's an article, let me do a summary of it here. This It's by a person named Jen Zenza, and uh, she has a podcast. She's also a former psychic medium who became a Christian. And in this podcast, this particular one, uh, that we're quoting, she's warning parents about an occult belief called star seeds, seeds like you plant in the ground, star seeds, that is luring uh, young people into demonic practices. Now, this comes from the May 12th episode of her podcast, and she had a uh, discussion about this subject called star seeds. And she defines a star seed as a person who believes there are advanced spiritual beings from other planets and realms. And let me stop here and just get out of the quote a second if you notice on tv so many things now about aliens and uh, it's just crazy anyway back to the quote she noted that those who believe this ideology typically think uh, these spiritual beings quote come from stardust and have been infused with divine light uh, what does this sound like mm -hmm. listen to this from second corinthians 11 13 and 14 for such men are false apostles deceitful workmen disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Wow. Nizza explained that the hashtag for starseeds on TikTok has over a million views, a factor that loomed large in her decision to warn listeners to be aware of and avoid anything that's affiliated with the practice. She summarized the messages of these so-called spiritual beings as, quote, they're saying to these Young people, I just want to help you. And hey, you're just so special. Well, you don't have to be a Christian to be concerned about where AI is going. Here are some Mike Thomas quotes from the website Built In. And he's referring to a uh, conflab that meets every year uh, down there in Austin, Texas called SXSW. 
which is the southwest, uh, South by Southwest uh, IT meeting of all things interactive and internet and AI. Uh, and he's got a quote here from um, Elon Musk. He says, Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk once said at the SXSW Tech Conference, the one in Austin, Texas, quote, AI scares the hell out of me. It's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows, and the rate of improvement is exponential. So this is our concern at Christian Expectations. Truth, the kind of truth the world needs is personally generated from God and Christ by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. The deception of AI will be that truth isn't necessary. Only intelligence, hear me now, as the world understands it. Because today, truth is, well, my truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth. There's no objective truth. So that's what we're down to, intelligence then. How to manipulate your environment for your supposed betterment. huh? But uh, this is the world uh, that is condemned in the Bible. So we need to pay attention to this. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's a familiar verse. Yeah, that's a familiar. Uh, that's our, our uh, banner scripture yep. for this uh, series of podcasts. So, um, again, the deception of AI will be that truth isn't necessary, <clears throat> only intelligence as the world understands it, which... Understanding is stained with our fallenness. The input for AI is from the world, and the corruptions of the world will invariably creep in. Our intelligence, which is the wisdom of God, is this, the Bible. That's our tool. And our minds access this word and download it, <laughs> to use a phrase, into our hearts. Psalm 119.11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Exactly. I have downloaded that in my heart. And it's an action that is transacted between God, the Spirit, the Word, and ourselves. Let's look at Acts 17. Listen to this. Acts 17, 10 through 12. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the Word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing, as well as men. The Bereans were eager to hear and test the word Paul preached. They didn't take it for granted that what he said was true and just go along without examining. Mm -hmm. They had to be involved, body, soul, and mind. They had to test it. They had to spend time, energy, going through scripture and taking it to heart. Think of a Berean time traveling to our day with the same scenario, experiencing in their synagogue, and saying to Siri, Siri, is what Paul been saying true? And we all know Siri listens in these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Siri's answer will depend on the info stored up and especially who stored it up. The search for wisdom, life, and joy is always personal. The only tool used, Scripture, is the one dedicated to that very purpose, which by its very nature means we must seek the God who is through the Scripture. AI can never know the search that transforms us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through the written or spoken word via people. Listen to this 
from Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes, AI, Siri, Alexa, I'm being tempted by Satan. You heard that conversation. What should I do? <laughs> yes, we got the pattern of how to do it from Jesus. Right there in Matthew 4, first four verses. From God's mouth to the written word through the Holy Spirit to Jesus, who spoke it then again for us, and it got written down again. That's how it works. AI has nothing to add to this. And by the way, just to tie this all together, here's a quote from PJ Media, uh, written by Lincoln Brown from June 15th of this year. Quote, uh, thousands sought guidance through AI Jesus. And this is not the only place. Over in uh, England, London, they had a Jesus AI on the screen and uh, preached a sermon not too long ago. But let me quote from this article. Quote, Lincoln Brown says, A product of the Singularity Group, a chatbot, bearing a reasonable facsimile to the classic version of Jesus Christ. And let me stop there in case you want to know who he's referring to. I think he's referring to Warner Salmon, classic picture portrait of Jesus that mm -hmm. every church that I knew of had hanging somewhere. Uh, at one church we were in, we had two pictures of Jesus, yeah. <laughs> which was confusing for some people. Yes. So that's the, uh, in other words, it's that he's moving, he's speaking. You can see it, and you're all familiar with how AI does that. So let me go back again. Uh, a product of the Singularity Group, a chat bot bearing a reasonable facsimile to the classic version of Jesus Christ, was recently launched, and according uh, to the news source, The Independent drew more than 35,000 people to the, as it was called, Ask Jesus live stream on Twitch. Mm -hmm. So not only did they hear him, they got to ask him questions. When Jesus was queried on gay marriage, chatbot Jesus replied, All love is love. Lincoln Brown says, uh, This sounds vague, but actually it's pretty clear. <laughs> He goes on to say that this AI Jesus, quote, deprives someone of the rewarding, howbeit often difficult task of reading and wrestling with scripture. That's what concerns me. We've got too many Christians today don't want to wrestle with the word. Mm -hmm. They want the easy solution. He continues his quote, contrary to what some may have you believe, God wants people with fully engaged minds. Yes, end of quote. Thank you, Lincoln Brown. There is no substitute for God's word via God's man or woman through the Spirit to others. Each step away from this gets us closer to Revelation 13. And here we have the, the other problem with AI. As I mentioned, shortcuts to life without our own personal involvement with God. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Amen. Lastly, what we need is wisdom, not intelligence, as defined and generated by the world through AI. Since we already have tools that can aid us scientifically, and we all say amen to that, the worldly ways that AI can be used will be pursued. For man does not know how to say no to the allure of forbidden knowledge when he has the means to access it. We learned that in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, and here again, one more time, this passage, listen carefully, from Revelation 13, 11 through 18 now. Listen carefully. 
Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it was allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man, and his number is 666. We should know then, by the way, artificial, if you, if you ask Siri, what's, define the word artificial. You'll get two definitions. One means that which is not natural, and the other is that which is insincere. So this is what we've got here going on in Revelation 13. It's not mm-hmm. natural, and it's not sincere because it's not the truth. So, does this passage sound like the place where AI is going to end up? A master computerized robot that keeps tabs on who's in and who's out, who gets to live, who gets to die. The final state of the art of AI is a call to worship the image of the beast. Who speaks? But God has already had the last word. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days... He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Yes, he has spoken the final word, get no further word, than Jesus. Note that calculating the mark, and this is important, calculating the mark, the name, or the number of the beast takes wisdom and understanding that originates not from the beast, but from the providence of God. if you, That's what John is saying. If you have wisdom, you'll get this. But when he talks about wisdom, he's not talking about AI wisdom, worldly wisdom. He's talking about wisdom and understanding as God considers it. Listen to Colossians 1.9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. All spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then chapter 2 of Colossians, verses 1, 2, and 3. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding in the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yes. Well, everybody wants to know, what is 666? Now, this is this is one of those numbers that you quoted anywhere properly probably in the world and they're going to know what it means you know that's the sign of satan whatever and uh believe it or not when i was teaching in cincinnati public school system i had a really nice briefcase with combination lock and to keep kids from fooling with it because i had it laying out their desk or maybe buy a bookcase combination was always set on 666 and many times i watched one of the kids look at that and look like they wanted to open and they read they go oh man that's a devil book get out of here and so this is this word the 666 is a fascinating uh symbol but here listen carefully it's not an identifier 
Maybe it fits Nero, but people have made it fit Hitler. When Reagan was president, they made it fit Reagan. There's ways to do this with numbers. It's not an identifier. It's a characterization. David it, Hasselhoff. Da David yeah. Hasselhoff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not an identifier. It's a characterization, the kind of person this man is. It's the number of a man. Okay? A man. Behind every deceitful AI is just a man in all of his fallenness. If you want a clue to this, very simple. When was man created? Arnold Schwarzenegger could tell us. He made a movie. The sixth day. On the sixth day. And man has fallen. He was created on the sixth day and he has fallen. Only the man Jesus, the man from heaven, is to be trusted and obeyed. The beast is just a man not to be worshipped. And whenever we see such a man heading a totalitarian state, demanding worship, there we see 666. It's a six on steroids. 666. Mm -hmm. Pretending to be more than a man. But he's nevertheless just a man, but one surrendered to Satan. Artificial intelligence, like everything else artificial, it's not the real thing. The worship of the beast is the worship of man and his fallen ingenuity. It is a number that doesn't lead to God's wisdom. It is Satan's combination to unlock and steal your soul. And the beast's wisdom is this. Worship me and get economic freedom and life. God's wisdom is this. Revelation 2.10. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. That is the Christian expectation. Well, thanks, Jim. You've given us a lot to think about, and I'm sure there might be questions or comments about it. So please comment on this podcast or send an email with your question to events and expectations. That's the word events, the word and, and the word expectations all together at gmail.com. We will use your question on the podcast where possible, and we will always answer you. Until next time, this has been Current Events and Christian Expectations, and you all keep looking up.